he will get he'll be an even better form for us when yeah. we play that game. I think the team are good enough to beat Costa Rica and we've yeah. been uh they've been in Qatar for the last few months. There's no travel. Oh sorry, Ryan Thomas is also missing with injury too. Right. And they get to play two um, friendlies against the other, against Peru and whoever is the team to lose to Peru in the lead-up yeah. to the, the qualifier as well. So, yeah, yeah, good. they play a friendly against Peru on June the 6th. I'm sure every yeah. both sides will be playing that with like kid gloves, though, to be fair. Oh, same with the, both of those warm-ups. It's, it'd be very, um, very friendly, I think, will be the answer, which will be... Four squads basically between the the warmups, just getting all the people out, getting them limbered out, and and yeah, nobody wants yeah. any injuries, but everybody wants everybody to get their run and yeah, shake any cobwebs off that might be there. Yeah, so it's just good to have those couple of runouts that will just make sure everybody's in the right headspace. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Moving on from the international game, we have the Premier League season, which is about. Basically, on its final stanza, I just sit here looking at Cristiano Ronaldo as a Manchester United fan who has 18 goals in the Premier League this season, and we still somehow managed to finish outside the top four. <laughs> oh, that is a bit crazy. That's not even looking at however many assists he must have made and things like that as well. He's not in the top three for assists, though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's... That's because nobody else in the team scores goals. Yeah, that's a good point. You can't get assists if if nobody else scores. Yeah. If you're the only person scoring, yeah, you don't get any assists. Looking at this, we still technically uh, are open for who are at the top of the table, but I feel like this is completely with Manchester City now. Uh, Liverpool put up a good, valiant effort to try and get the quadruple, even if they don't win the Champions League, and I don't think they're going to win the Premier League either. No. Double cup season, can't go wrong with that. Um, no, it's a very good um, one by Liverpool with the double cup. Uh, as you say, it seems unlikely that they can um, pick up the Premier League because most of just Man City's at home against Aston Villa. And the yeah. likelihood of them dropping any points on that is basically none. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, if they do draw for some strange and reason, that does leave the door slightly ajar for Liverpool. So they win both their remaining games. Um, that takes them would take them to 92. And they don't have the easiest of games, Liverpool, though. They've got Southampton and Wolves, which... Yeah. And should be well easy enough for Liverpool, but also too that could possibly be ones where things might go wrong for them as well. So yeah, West Ham are still technically in a sh- within a shot of qualifying for the Europa League spot mm-hmm. uh, at sixth. They're one, two points behind Manchester United. Um, I believe Manchester United have a game. Uh, they have a game against Crystal Palace. Yeah, it's their game. And I believe West Ham had a game against Arsenal or someone like that. Brighton. West Ham no, Brighton. Brighton. Yeah, no, Arsenal's playing Everton, which they sort of really need that win if they're going to even pretend to make it uh, fourth. But I think we mentioned before the podcast, seems very unlikely since Tottenham's playing Norwich. Yes. Which pretty much should be three points for Tottenham. Yeah. Though Spurs are Spurs, so you never know you like Arsenal fans. Even if Spurs draw that game and Arsenal win theirs, Spurs have a goal difference of 24 versus yeah. Arsenal's 9. I know, yeah. I say it, it requires Spurs to lose that game somehow. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm an Arsenal fan, you know, it is Spurs. They can do Spursy things. Who, who knows? But, but even that seems a bit too Spursy. Yeah, that's, that's really out there. Like, to lose to the bottom team who basically have failed to win all season. When all you need is a draw to pretty much guarantee that. Well, yeah, you say a draw guarantees Champions League spot. So, given that it's, I don't see Arsenal winning by 20 goals. Yeah, so this could be a triumphant return to the Champions League for Spurs. Yeah. 
ironically, if we were pl- in a season or so from now, Arsenal would probably be in the Champions League finishing fifth because they would get one of those legacy spots. Yes, yes, they would. Something for them in the future for Arsenal fans. You'll be back in the Champions League. You'll be fine. Yeah, or United. One of you two. One of you two. You'll be... There's hope for you guys. But it could be both of them because they would te- they could both be technically the highest uh, position yeah. Uh, highest position legacy spot people not to have qualified for. I think the rule said that you have to qualify for a European spot, All basically. Right. I thought there was a rule, part of that rule was limiting per country, though. If there's no per country. No, there wasn't. Uh, I thought there was, but. There isn't would... a per country, but they said you still have to finish in a European uh, spot. In, the, in a European qualification spot. Yeah. So you technically could have six English yes. teams in. Yes, which is interesting. Seven, if both, if an English team outside of the that top six wins the Europa League the and the Champions League. League, yeah, yeah, one of yeah one of those two happen to be a team that's outside of that six, somehow. Did you get to eight then? If you had someone no. win the Europa League and someone win the Champions League that happened to be outside the top six or top seven? Um, I think not. I think no. then one of the top four miss out. Right. Or one of the legacy spots miss out, or something yeah. like that will happen. Because the rule now is, for example, if Leicester had won, and the EF, sorry, not Leicester, say West Ham had won the Europa League, mm-hmm. and, uh, Liverpool was outside the top set, the top four, and won the Champions League, then you would have, uh, sorry, West Ham, uh, yeah, then you. Uh, like for example, now West Ham are the Europa League. If they win now, there there would be five teams in the in, in the Champions League now. But if one of if Liverpool won and they were outside as well, then Spurs would miss out on their spot because right. they're yeah, fourth. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe that's how that works. Hmm. So it's only really the legacy spots that um, don't conform to the limits per. Yeah. But because the yeah because the legacy spots are meant to be outside, but I guess that for it would be because then Spurs would get that legacy spot, right? Because technically they're fourth, they're the highest placed, their highest placed European qualified team that isn't directly qualified, they'd get that like so whoever's the lower legacy spot winner would lose, yeah, lose yeah. out. Yeah, and your scenario, yes, I would think that would yeah. be the case. Assuming Tottenham counts as a legacy. Which I'm sure they do. But... I think Tottenham are up in the top 20. Like yeah, yeah. the English clubs are all very high in the UEFA coefficients. So, yeah. so that uh, would be up there. I like the um, idea of just ripping um, Spurs fans by suggesting they're not. But... Yeah, but this is basically like, oh, I see how the Super League wanted to have six English teams. This is UEFA going on six English teams. <laughs> oh, did it end up with six English teams? What a coincidence! How did that happen? Yes. <laughs> so, um. yeah. Because there was a suggestion that, you know, when they first came up with the model, Arsenal, remember last year, didn't even qualify for a Europa League spot. Yeah. Uh, or an EFL spot, so they didn't qualify for Europe at all. And they went, uh, so by the logic, this t- yeah, Arsenal would get ahead, and then they went, uh, 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 no, that's not how it worked, because Arsenal didn't qualify for Europe at all, they would miss out. Like, they yeah, decided yeah. to specifically introduce that rule because Arsenal threw up a thing of, like, we were not even, you know, because be, there were clubs above them, like Spurs and United, who would not be playing in the Champions League. United were in the Champions League, sorry, so, but, you know, Spurs and yeah, yeah. Leicester, who were not in the Europa League. And, uh, if went, okay, yeah, that's pretty silly. Let's not do that. Yeah, that was that's probably the smartest bit. Is yeah, keep it to you have to have qualified for Europe somehow, some European yeah. competition, and then the legacy spot activates. That's just who was yeah. highest up. Yeah, but yeah. No, the final fight in the Premier League really is for that final relegation spot, though. Yeah. So it's once again, I feel like it's. While it looks very close on paper, I think Leeds have the toughest. They're a point ahead of Burnley, who have two game, who have a game in hand on them. Yeah. 
and Everton are a point ahead of them, and they have a game in hand. Yeah. And like effectively, if Leeds lose their next game and Burnley draw, that's it. Leeds United are relegated. Because yeah, they, they yeah. have a goal difference of thirty-eight minus thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Burnley just really. Well, assuming Leeds lose the last game, Burnley need one point out of their last two games. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Everton don't need any. Assuming Leeds lose, if Leeds win, then Burnley just needs a. They need their one win and a draw, and Everton just yeah. needs uh, a win out of their last yeah. two. And given Everton and Burnley as a looking earlier, their makeup game they're not particularly so. Burnley plays Aston Villa and Everton plays Crystal Palace. And both Aston Villa and Crystal Palace have basically nothing to play for in those games. Yeah. Burnley's probably the harder one for them to get because at least for Aston Villa's at home. So they're like yeah. They're playing in front of home fans, so that gives them a little bit. But Crystal Palace is going to Everton, so I sort of feel yeah. like that's an Everton win, just like on a platter for them. Yeah, play a team who has nothing to play for and is at your home base with your fans, and you've got everything to play for. Have your win. Yeah. And the win does it enough for them, I think. Yeah, a win a win in that game and Everton's safe. Yeah. They don't even have to worry about the last last weekend. So that's even more... Um, reason that Everton would would really focus on even that if game. Everton draw their next two games and Leeds win, Everton are on top of them. Yeah, top of are on top of Leeds because their goal difference yeah. is nowhere near as bad as yeah, Leeds. Yeah. Leeds United would have to score eighteen goals. goals yeah. Will win by eighteen goals in that time. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah seems very unlikely. Yeah. So yeah, but as I say that. To me, the, the, because the last weekend's against Arsenal, if I was Everton, I'd be really focusing on the Crystal Palace game and going, that's that's the most key game. Three points there, home fans, nothing you have to worry about. Going to the last game against Arsenal with just being able to play Everton football, basically, and not have to, yeah. to worry about anything else or any other permutations that might be happening. So, nope, just get your win against the Crystal Palace, free up the last weekend. Whilst Burnley, a little bit there, because even if the win against Aston Villa takes them to 37, so they, I mean, a little bit worrying that um, could lose the last week and Leeds win and get out, and same with the draw. Like, it's still a bit stressful in that last week, but I think you're right. A draw is in their game against um, Aston Villa is probably going to be enough for them. Yeah. Okay. What was Leeds are playing Brentford at Brentford, so likelihood of points there for Leeds. I guess once again the only thing going for them is that Brentford don't have a thing to play for, but it is Brentford in this case, which out of the teams where there's nothing to play for, they're playing for pride and playing for a point to prove. And potentially you no. Know, First season up, top 10 result. That's, you know, a good result for them if that happens, so. Top 10 is a big difference in prize money than not being top 10. And Brighton has got West Ham, who actually have a need for those points. So, Brentford have a good chance of top 10. Yeah, win pretty much will give them top 10. So, you say it's a decent amount of prize money. Definitely kudos for them, you know, first season up, top 10. We're an actual a threat. Um, Remember, so yeah, so we said the same about Leicester, Leeds last year. We did. Um, so, yeah, maybe. But that's next season, right? That's true. That's future Brentford's problem. Exactly, that's future Brentford's problem. That's, that's not for now, man. Come on. Living in the future. Let Brentford be Brentford. They can buy that um, big screen TV on higher purchase. It'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. All good. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'd stick with my original prediction that leads are going down. And now moving on from the Premier League, we're going to talk about the promotion into the Premier League. Yeah. One of the most lucrative prizes in world sport. Yeah. 
So as of now, t- the 20th of May, we know the finals of the promotion playoffs, which is the richest game in sport. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so whoever wins this automatically gets, I think, about $120 million, even if they get relegated next season, from TV rights and various things and parachute payments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in the Premier, in the playoffs, we had Luton Town playing Huddersfield Town yeah. and Sheffield United play Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Luton Town are one of the founder members of the Premier League, whom have never played a Premier League game. So yeah. a bit of. So this was their opportunity to go back. They had been relegated all the way down to the Football League, and now they're back in the Championship. So it's still a great season for them, I think. That is a very good season. Finishing sixth place, they just weren't quite good enough to beat Huddersfield over two legs. Uh, they're losing 2-1 on aggregate. And in the next leg, we had a club that was relegated last season from the Premier League, Sheffield United, trying to do the straight back in. Yeah. Um, not successful, unfortunately, for them. And Nottingham, they go up against time European champions and uh, 1980, uh, 1979 uh, first division winners, Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Nottingham Forest have not been in the Premier League since 1999, so it's been a yeah. long time for them. They're, well, as we know, a European royalty. Yeah. Uh, more, have won more European Cups than Arsenal, Manchester City and Spurs <laughs> combined. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> I was making that point to some friends at work um, just today, consoling the the um, Arsenal supporter, saying, "Hey, you know, I was pointing out that in a couple of years' time, you know, he'll be able to play Champions League again through the legacy spots." And then I thought, "Well, maybe not. If if Nottingham Forest gets up and they get, yeah, clearly Nottingham Forest have more um, prestige in the Champions League than Arsenal, so surely they should yeah. be um, higher up the legacy things." You know, hey, they yeah. won it twice. Also. It's only fair. Only fair. Uh, the other thing I thought would be good is a little shout out to Eskriv. Um, if he's listening, he's a fan from over. He's a Luton Town fan. Um, and he'd gone to watch, uh, so I understand it, when he watched his team um, in the first one, went to the hometown when played Huddersfield to watch the 1 1 draw. And he was uh, very excited about the possibilities. Unfortunately for him, didn't wasn't work out. To be. It wasn't to be, but. Um, he would, yeah. A little shout out for him because you know they nearly got there. Next year, man. Next year. Yeah, next year your eternal rivals Watford are back in the championship, so <laughs> that's gonna be a match I'm sure you guys will look forward to going to. Yeah. Like I said, Luton Town have been through some rough times, so it's mm. great to see them back in the championship, and maybe. If they ever get back into the Premier League, it will leave Notts County, uh, I believe, as the only t- founder member of the Premier League to have never played in a Premier League All right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Let's hope for Luton Town. Yeah. Now, just to look at... Before we go into that match between Huddersfield and Nottingham Forest, at the moment, everybody's cheering on Nottingham Forest, I think, apart from Huddersfield. They want to see <laughs> the storied European club come back in. But, yeah, Huddersfield's been playing really well in recent years. They've got a good system in there. Um, Nottingham yeah. Forest is famous for having its good, a good youth system. I don't know... On their day, I don't know who's going to win this match. I think it's too close to call for me. It there is. was only two points separating them on the table. Yeah, that's what I was looking at as well. Like, it's going to be a pretty close game, I think. Yeah, I mean, Fulham and Bournemouth had daylight between the next closest, really. The yeah. Fulham being a good six points ahead of Huddersfield. Yeah, yeah. Interesting enough, it looks like um, Nottingham Forest and Huddersfield have had quite a season together. They have this game, they had their two regular league seasons, and they also had an FA Cup tie, the fifth round tie, was between Nottingham Forest and Huddersfield, which Nottingham Forest won 2 1. But Huddersfield beat Nottingham Forest in the league when they went to Nottingham Forest, 1 0. And I can't find. Um, so yeah, it's been a, a bit of a, a fancy. Oh, there, Nottingham Forest beat Huddersfield 2 0 way back in September at Huddersfield. So yeah, it's been a. a, a 
Fun season for the two of them. They've managed to meet now four times. They, I think, um, Nottingham Forest ahead by one at the moment, but in terms of wins, it's pretty close, really. So, yeah, I think you're right. It's a bit hard to see which way this will go. It'll be a very close game. Yeah. Um, Fulham back in the Premiership, bounce back straight away. Bournemouth yeah. couldn't quite do the bounce back last year. They were so unlucky to miss out on second spot, and then they couldn't win in the playoffs against Brentford. Um, yeah. Unlucky for them. But it's amazing that uh, Bournemouth have made it back. Scott Parker, uh, we can't praise Bournemouth enough. They're a small club, the 5,000. Uh, people stadium um, in a town of like 20,000 people maybe so the fact that they are made it straight back into the Premier League it's going to be great and like with Fulham back in the league we are chocker full of London clubs again Uh, London are going to be very well represented in the the next (laughs) next season's Premier League yeah yes is um not unsurprising, but yeah, but good to see Fulham back. They bounced straight back. Had a pretty stellar season, really. Winning most of the games, hundred plus goals scored. So yeah, it's saying ninety points. It's all all pretty good. Yeah, yeah, solid season. Um, they are a bit Norwich-like. Uh, that goal, they've conceded a lot of goals. Mm. Um, they managed to lose 10 games, some of them by quite big margins on their way to winning the championship. Yeah. It, there's going to be some work needed in their defense when they yeah. go up there, but Alexander Mitrovic is a good player. Um, so, uh, as is for Bio Carvalho, we'll see how they do next season. Yeah. Well, Bournemouth seem to have got there with the opposite. They had a pretty good defence by looks of things. Yeah. Conceding the least goals in the in the championship, so only losing eight games, which is also the least. So that's all. Yeah, pretty solid. Good yeah, I mean, it's difficult to know how they're going to do in the, without Eddie Howe, who has proven that he. His years with Bournemouth were no fluke, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think we can all respect what he's done this season at Newcastle, where everybody and their dog thought they were in, they were going to get the drop. Yeah, And, exactly. like, who can blame us for thinking that? Yeah, well, exactly. Go back and look and see how they were even just after Christmas. But, yeah. Even true, Jordy thought Newcastle had been relegated at that point. So, yeah, yeah, you know. exactly. Like, what do you expect us to think? <laughs> exactly. But uh, that's, yeah, it's a pretty awesome season for Newcastle. Yeah, 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 definitely. And their fans have done it tough for a long time, so yeah. good on them. Um, now, moving on to extracurricular news. <laughs> As of today, um, we have learnt that there is a new owner for Chelsea. Everything's approved. The final yeah. Has the final contract been signed? I'm not too sure whether it's at the stage where they've just gone, yeah, yeah, it's done. I think it's been approved. I'm not sure exactly if it's how much ink has been put to pen, uh, but it's gone through all the appropriate um, sign-offs and approvals and all the things that needed to happen for it. So it's pretty much done. But yes, right. um, Todd Bowley and his group have managed to actually secure it. Good for them. Which is, good yeah, for Chelsea. It is good for Chelsea. And it, it definitely gives us... Um, it's good that we got it done before the end of the season, which gives some yeah. um, certainty going into the transfer window. So we know we can actually buy and sell players, which is nice, you know? Yeah. Go back to offering well, contracts to people. You know, it's always useful. And they have said that they will invest 100 or one was it 100 million or 1 billion into the club because that was part of the agreement yeah, yeah. part of the demands of Chelsea uh, Roman Abramovich basically yeah yeah oh uh, yeah not 100% sure of the details but it was something ridiculously high so i wouldn't be too surprised if it was um yeah like a billion dollars that seems a lot but 
same point that is possibly um, part of as they were. That most of that is probably going to be the stadium. Yeah, yeah, be a lot of it stadium. But... Yeah, so it'll be keeping with that. Yeah, and it'll probably be the difference between what um, Abramovich had valued the club at, and it was more than other than buying it at that price and doing whatever needed to be done with the money, like, oh, cool, sell it at the lower amount, but you promised uh, to invest, yeah, say, in the stadium and, and whatever else needs to be of the difference, and that obviously worked. So. Yeah, yeah. Because there was a... I do remember it was close to... It was at least half a billion, if not close to a billion dollars worth of um, difference between where um, Abramovich was valuing it originally and where Burley and, and co. were willing to settle for so yeah and i think a lot of this deal because in theory roman abramovich is getting none of this money yeah in theory well technically in a lot of theory since that was been the bit that the government the uk government would have been combing over to make sure didn't happen yeah yeah, yeah. when I'm not being sarcastic when I say in theory. I mean, I genuinely agree that I think I genuinely think that's what's happening. Yeah. A lot of the deal must be in guarantees of like this is what we're going to invest in, this is what we're going to yeah. agree to do, sort of thing. Otherwise, as you mentioned, there's no way that the uh, that yeah. the UK government would agree to let the sale go through. Yeah. Actually, I was just reading here, it's potentially the other way around, that they would let the sale go through, but then freeze the funds until Abramovich shows how he was actually, where the, it's actually going. Right. So they go, it looks like so, they're allowing, actually allowed the sale without going through Abramovich's plans, but just were like, cool, the sale's gone. Okay, the money's over there, it's frozen. And no, you have to put it in that bank account, and nobody can touch it. And now we'll... Though there a little bit would be a Bit interesting because that was around um, the compromises being reached as well. So obviously, there's little bits here that aren't as well disclosed. Um, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so it, well, no, it was about two billion, just under two billion, that's being guaranteed in future investment because it was four, just over four billion the buying, but it was only two point five billion that was actually for the club. Right. That would technically have gone to Abramovich, but he's saying it's going to the victims of war in Ukraine. Quote, unquote. Yeah. So, yeah, and the way the yes. government's, the UK government's sorting it has been like, oh, and to make sure that's all happening, it goes into this account, and it will stay there until um, until they sort out with Abramovich exactly where that money then is going and that they're happy with where it's going. Yeah. Boris is sorting it out. Yeah, and he did, they did that so that yeah, the club could be sold as an ongoing concern and it didn't negatively affect the club um, just because Abramovich, the, the government would needed to see where Abramovich was sending it. Like, cool, this is the workaround. It goes into that account. That's frozen. This deal will deal with the actual bully, um purchase and buyout and all the rest as per the normal in, uh, borrowing investment stuff. So they went through all the stuff to make sure that it was all fine. Cool, that's fine. Put it over there. Now they're going to deal with the Abramovich side of it, right? Right. It's or it's what you would expect in this situation, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I oh. think I think it's a reasonable compromise that's worked out for both parties in the end. I think so. I think it well, all three parties really. I think it's um, yeah, reasonably worked out. That everybody, it's going to be um, all four parties, even if you count the UK government, it seems to be a. Um, positive for everybody. Everybody's is yeah. is getting a win out of it in some way, or at least not a loss. Yeah, yeah. The UK government gets to show that they totally aren't corrupt and have not been having Russian money uh, invested inside their political campaigns. <laughs> They're totally not beholden to foreign interests at all. Not at all. And yeah. Roman Abramovich, in theory, gets to, I guess, donate a lot of money to charity. I suppose and he gets to be sad because he has to sell his, his precious football club, but he does it in a way that he 
feels happy with. Like he's getting the deal he wants out of it in the situation. He has secured his legacy. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I don't think Roman and Brimage. Well, with all due respect, $12 billion is probably not that. $2 billion is probably not that much for Roman Abramovich, who's no. an oil billionaire. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, he's always said that the money was not what he cared about. And part of the deal is he did say, I feel like he's, he's definitely happy about it. Part of the deal is securing, say, nearly $2 billion worth of, future, of investment into the club over the next few years. And that's, yeah, that stadium, that's youth development, that's everything. So... You know, he's he's made sure that the owners coming in are going to spend money on the club, you know, as part of the deal. Um, yeah. So that's good. They say the money itself. I mean, he, it, you know, brought to him for two point five. You know, he has a billion he's doing, things, but he is wiping off just cancelling one point six billion dollars of debt to him from the club. So, you know, yeah. And it's still another nearly billion dollars difference between the two things, which is. A lot of money, but you know, it's half of what he was technically, you know, in theory getting if it wasn't for hard to say that in the right way, isn't it? Without sounding sarcastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the technical the technicality bits that go to him, which don't really, but um yeah. Half of that is he was wiping off anyway, so down to whatever it is, one point one billion left over that was technically "Quote unquote profit." Yeah, this uh, conversation about not trying to sound sarcastic it reminds me of that episode of The Simpsons where Homer's like, "This is all tied up in a neat little bow, isn't it?" And they're all like, "Yeah, Dad, it totally is." And they're like, "Why? Am I sounding sarcastic? I do not mean to sound sarcastic." <laughs> <laughs> I remember that episode. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> But yeah, it's a bit like yeah. This reminded me <laughs> completely unrelated to this conversation. I just always find a way to to like shoehorn in the Simpsons if I can into yes. regular conversation. I the fool that. will guarantee uh, that that's true. That is very we'll true. Verify the truthiness of that statement. That is very true, and I I attempt to do it as well. Um, my wife will verify that quite um equally that I'm always throwing a quote or two in. Normally just the the old classics of it's just a little bit airborne, it's still good, it's still good. That's my favourite. It's gone man. It's gone. But yeah, the it's gonna be interesting next season to see what they'll probably re sign key people. Marina Grav Gravaskina, lady whose name I cannot pronounce, is gonna stay. <laughs> And that's the key, I think, because she knows Chelsea, she knows how to run the club, and I think at this point, I don't think anyone doubts that she could get a job anywhere in football if she wanted, and she's staying at Chelsea, so that's really good for her. She's probably one of the most, uh, one of the best, uh, like, football executives in the world. Yeah. uh, I'm like, no, there is no... uh, uh, sarcasm or any like I'm not being no. hyperbolic anyway. She's really good. No, she is really good. She does good work for us, um, despite what some on Chelsea Reddit and other places might think. Um, it's, it's it's going pretty. She does very well. So looks like looks to be some key moving on. So yeah, Alonso looks like he's gone. Rudiger's already gone. Christensen looks like he has definitely gone. Um, and maybe Azpilicueta's also goes back to Barcelona, though. That's a little surprising because it seemed that he was very keen on just staying. But we'll see how that goes. That could have just been all caught up in the whole can't actually offer contracts thing. Yeah. We'll have to see. Also, like, when are they allowed to offer contracts? That's not very clear, is it? No, no, exactly. So, um, yeah. So, as the grid is about the last one left, that could be a bit of a worry, but we'll see. But, say, once again, is anywhere they want to keep him or not, or whether he wants to go back to Barcelona, we'll see how it, it all, all plays out. 
it sounded like he was quite keen to stay in in London because his kids were quite settled, but you know, half his home, so who knows. Yeah. There's a saying from the great nineties show Footballers Wives, do not trust a word a footballer says. Yeah. <laughs> Never trust a football player. Never. And that's said by every football player on that show. Yeah. Like, I don't blame uh, SP, whatever he decides to do. If I were a Chelsea fan, he served the club for a long time. He said the right things, but he mm. he's always got to look out. Like, it's not like the club would... Your club will dump you as soon as you're not worth keeping, yeah. you know? So you have to look out for yourself at the end of the day. Exactly. So with Asperger, it's, I mean, it's reasonably clear he's a bit off the pace these days. Um, but at the same time, he's great presence on the field, um, great leadership, and still is performing. So it's yeah. Whether he goes to year-on-year contracts until things aren't working, or whether he goes back to Barcelona now, or what, I uh, say, time will just have to tell where that goes. I say with the whole. Thing around everything with signing contracts and everything, sort of, it's just made his and I mean the other two, Christensen and um, Rudiger, are probably were always properly going. I mean, it was a bit more surprised that especially Christensen didn't get sold over um, the January transfer window. Well, I think they also kind of knew that they were going to find it difficult to sell. Uh, it was a, where the situation in Russia and his agent probably just went, eh, don't leave. Well, this is, this they was can't back, force you to go. This was back in January before that sort of blew up. But yeah, yeah, was, yeah. But his agent probably just pro- told him, don't try to leave. Well, his agent is dad. Um, and that appeared to be most of the problems. But yeah, it was probably just a get out until thing. Because um, you earn way more and, money being a free agent than if yeah, you yeah. transfer. Exactly. Unless they could secure him like a dream transfer to yeah, a yeah. dream club. Uh, and the Chelsea, I don't think, in the end didn't push it because they couldn't confirm or couldn't guarantee getting themselves a replacement. It was better to have Christensen sitting there in the background if they needed an extra defender for whatever reason, for injuries and such like, than to get rid yeah. of him and then not get a replacement and be a whole defender down. Yes. I mean, it was, some people thought Rudiger should have been sold then as well, but it was clear, like, no, we'll get the season out of him. You know, he's playing well, and he's clearly, despite all the transfer issues, and he was, because Rudiger was always being quite clear. He's like, Look, no player wage, plays better than when they're going to become a free agent. Yeah. Well, so if you're not going to be able to uh, get if you're not going to be able to, because you're going to have to sell him for less money, is it more, is that, uh, is the three months you're going to get out of him, like towards the business end of the season, which might decide positions worth more or 20 billion that you might get for selling him at yeah. the, you know, on the last six months of his deal worth more. And, and I think they've went, nah, it's worth, yeah, this yeah. is worth more. And especially with Rudiger, because, you know, the other problem being players getting a little bit, well, not the player themselves, but the situation being disruptive to everybody in the team and everything. But with Rudiger, I think everybody was... It wasn't very disruptive. Everybody knew exactly what his requirements were. Everybody knew yeah. what the club was at. And it was just a case of, well, either they make a deal and where Rudiger... Bottom line of Rudiger is higher than the top line of Chelsea at the moment. So between the two of them, something's got to budge or he's leaving next season. And yeah. there were suitors lined up. He went to Real Madrid in the end, but he had... Bayern Munich going, yeah, maybe. It, yeah, Real Madrid is always, yeah, yeah, sure, I guess. The maybe. moment Real Madrid comes in and you're showing an, even a vague, if you're any footballer worth your salt, even if you're getting like 50 to 60k a week less at another club, you go to Real Madrid, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is not a, it's a, it's a bit of a no-brainer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I say, the Rudiger... Stagger, I thought, just played pretty, pretty straight. And the yeah. Christensen one was always a bit more, bit because there was the fact that his agent is his dad, and his dad's being a bit silly. And then they had, they were agreeing to contracts and the negotiations. Yeah, we've got an agreement. Let's get it all drafted up. Get it drafted up, and they're like, oh no, we're not signing that now. 
Like, this, yeah. you agreed to the terms. Like, everybody, like, yep, this is definitely the terms. We'll just get it written up by the lawyers and we'll come back in a couple of days and sign it. Okay, cool. Come back. We're not signing. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> see what I said earlier about footballers and trust? Yeah, yeah. No, Christensen was, and his dad were the, the epitome of that. Of just, oh, yeah, you know how we agreed to that amount of money? Uh, we actually want, like, twice that, thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that was why I was surprised Christensen getting, didn't get sold. Um, because um, he was it was a disruptive situation. It wasn't getting any better. It was never going to get resolved. It was like better to get a little bit of money than not. But I guess, yeah, as you say, that was just more on their side, the, the footballer side of just yeah. like, I'll just collect my paycheck. Thanks. It's fine. Yeah. And once again, it's what value you get out of it. As a... Yeah. The, the value of a player who's playing for his best possible deal in free agency versus a player who yeah. has just signed his contract, the level of play is very different. Yeah, yeah. As a, you know, as a rule. As a rule. You and I are fam- very familiar with this concept. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. For reasons we shall not get into. <laughs> oh, dear. Now, as always, we end all our football podcasts with Mo Watch. Mo, Mo, Mo Watch, Mo, Mo, Mo. Yeah. Oh, uh, Jose Mourinho has had an up and down season at Roma, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, def- but you know, he has ended by taking his, uh, taking uh Roma to the European Conference Final. This is the fourth. Club he's taken to a European final, so well done him. Yeah, well done. This is showing his could, European credentials. Absolutely, and he does. Yeah, you know, potentially also showing. Yeah, uh, he might be the first manager to win the European Conference. Yeah, exactly. It's a big. That is something to to go for. You know, I always say that. You know, new one, first manager to win it, and Roma can be the yeah. first club. Absolutely, and Euro- Roma has never won a European trophy before. So, it, as he has mentioned, uh, as we mentioned in our last podcast that he said last week, he said uh, so he would definitely be keen and up for it. Um, he's always up for it, yeah. and he has basically said that he, he successfully made the family in Roma, and he's a family man now. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> The family one. So, yep. <laughs> the family one, indeed. The familiar one. I don't know. <laughs> but it's been a great Serie A season, I must say. Yeah. The It was neck and neck all the way through. Uh, it does look like now... I would be very surprised if AC Milan do not win the title. Even yeah, if same. they were... If Sassuolo could somehow get a draw, I do think Internazionale will beat Sampdoria. Because uh, yeah. it's it's at home for Milan as well. That should be their homecoming. They should be going to the San Siro in front of their fans. Oh, sorry, it is not in their home. It is in it is going to Caligari. So yeah. maybe that's the only banana peel to this. Yeah, yeah, that does make it a little bit more interesting. Um, and the fact that yeah, Inter's goal difference is quite superior to AC Milan's. So yeah, that is just a little bit of intrigue there. That Inter's the one at home, so so it's technically not illegal, but UEFA doesn't like it. Where people, when a when a club needs a club that has nothing to gain to win, they give them money to win. So paying people money to lose is completely illegal. Yeah, and. But you're going, look, I know you're not that motivated to win. You don't want to hire. But, you know, if you yep. do win, we will pay you a million-dollar bonus yeah. it's... for the players to share around. And that's not uncommon. Yeah, that is creating an incentive to win, they say. As we were talking about in the English ones, you know, a lot of clubs don't really have anything to play for, middle of the table. Yeah. You know, Solo is sort of the same, middle of the table. Three points might get them to ninth. Um but, yeah, not really. They can't fall lower than where they are in 11th, so... 
Yeah. Maybe there is a little bit of financial gain in terms of prize money there, but yeah. But yeah, I can see how Inter might be like, well, here is a proper incentive. We'll give you guys a million dollars or whatever it might be just to give them something to play for. It doesn't even have to be from Inter, so it won't affect their FFP. It could just be the owner of Inter going, hey, yeah, yeah. get some money. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like some money? Mmm, money. Pretty much. But yeah, so that's, I think you're right, that's the one little, just the little bit of spice on top of that dish is that AC Milan has to travel, um, which could potentially throw the thing and say just having a draw is enough to open the, the door for Inter. That would, that yeah. would, their, their goal difference is there to, to allow it, so it does make that final game interesting. Um and it's about the only last interesting bit out of the area. Uh, yeah. Well, I suppose there's relegation between Cagliari and Salatinia is a little bit there because but yeah. it's not quite the like, English Premier League Vene- relegation intrigue. It's it's yeah. Really Venezia just... are gone regardless of what yeah. happens to the teams. The top two teams had Spezia look like they're okay, and basically yeah. Genoa, Caligari, and Sala, uh, Salernita are the ones who are playing it out. Um, they're likely Genoa, I'd say, probably out. Though they do have the best goal difference out of the three. But they need Genoa to win. Are, Genoa they need to are win. playing. They need to win. They're, they've got Bologna to play. Calgary are playing Ve- Venezia, uh, who are already relegated. So that looks already hard. But Salernita are playing um, Udinese. So th- I do agree with you. I think Genoa are down. Yeah. But Calgary should beat Venezia, I think. Because at this yeah. point, Venezia have nothing. To no, go Venezia for. did and... manage a draw against Roma just recently, so. And for yeah. the last game, and they won the game before that. So they've got to the end of the season, pretty much gone, and then gone, hey, they beat Bologna. It's like, hey, we'll start winning games now and actually doing something. So who knows yeah. with that last game? But yeah, I would. You would think that Calgary should get that win. And yeah, Salernitana looks like less likely to get the win, um, which would mean that they would be the ones going down. I do have to point out that un- one of Uncle Mo's big things that he would would have wanted at the beginning of the season, which is to finish ahead of Lazio, he is not going to get, looks no, like. it doesn't look like. In fact, Uncle Mo may have problems staying inside European qualification spots, though if they win the um, conference, uh, European Conference League, then that may not matter as much. But there is a, a definite possibility that they slip outside the top seven and end up eighth. Um, they have to be, uh, yeah, the top se- uh, top seven. Because mm. um, it was between Juve and Inter, the Italian Cup, which Inter won. So yeah, yeah. it will be... Um, and I think Juve have qualified for Champions League pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and no, Napoli the, are happily third. Yeah, the the say the top four are pretty solid in Italy. It was there's just that little bit of spice for who wins and who comes second. Um, but otherwise, yeah, Juventus is right. seven points clear of Lazio. The team but, that I had picked for potentially winning, who are not even looks like are going to finish for a Champions League spot, Atalanta could still yeah. make it for. They could still make to to fifth. That's yeah. So between Roma, Florentina, and Atalanta, uh, the basically the um, Conference League and the last um, Europa League qualification spots with Lazio should take the other Europa League Lee. or will take the other European League. If if Roma finishes outside the top seven, like Atalanta and Fiorentina go ahead of them, and they win the European Conference League, one of those two teams, Roma and Fiorentina, lose out on their UEFA spot. Oh, would, would they lose out? Oh, yeah, they would lose out, so it would slide down. So Lazio would still keep it, but yeah. 
yes. whoever is higher between Florentina and Atlantia would lose the Europa spot and go to the Conference League. Yes. Yeah. And the one that finished in the Conference League one would lose that, that spot. Yes. That is interesting. Uh, there is definitely some... Uh, so so Mo is definitely going to target that European final, I think. And it's also yeah. special for Roma to try and win that. Like, yeah, I understand yeah. The, yeah. the thinking. Yeah. No, they, to me, that's it is interesting that really the last real bit of drama left in the Serie A this season revolves around Roma and Uncle Mo. And the yeah. fact that he's he's got the Europa um, Conference final that and that's like an extra spanner to throw into the works like yeah I it's can, classic mo it is classic mo it's just like there's he's got all the options and everything's just revolving around him even as everything's for Roma's sort of falling apart and that they've only managed three points in the last five games okay. yeah three like draws this, two losses it's like the season where united finished six but Mourinho won the europa league yeah. With United. Exactly. So I don't know if he managed to draw with the bottom place spot after the bottom place spot also got a red card. <laughs> like, that, that special special stuff there for a out-of-form Roma MO. Well, I think that's all we have time for today. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, look forward to hearing us next time. Catch you next time.